Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow Wrestle Talk Podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Hey there, guys. I know you can't uh, see everybody, see us here, but uh, welcome to the Wrestle Podcast. Uh, we're having a few technical difficulties here, but uh, we are going to get this thing rolling here in just a second if you can just hang in there with us. Thank <laughs> you. 
Top Podcast, episode 401. Chris, I got to tell you, man, tonight's episode is beyond 400. I'm going to tell you right now, we are beyond done with the technical difficulties. We've got a great show here tonight. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. We're having technical difficulties. We're not even talking about Moses and Raheem. So, you know, I'm sorry. I had to. I apologize. That was probably, that was the worst joke probably we've ever had in our lives. So, well, you know something, Chris? I was always thinking about the idea of where, even though we had a few technical difficulties, it reminds me back when I was a little kid. I remember being about five years old. And watch it at 5.05 Central Time, watching Georgia Championship Wrestling with Gordon Soley and a wide variety of professional wrestling action. And tonight, we're going to have a great night of wrestling conversation. At, at 7.30, we're going to have Muckety Muck from the Our Tribal Roller Derby here on the show. And at 8, about 8.15, 8.20, we're also going to have the Legacy 8. And I, I'm going to make sure I don't want to mess this name up. AJ Kazana is going to be joining us as well. Uh, again, thank you for sticking with us. Again, technology is great when it cooperates. But I got to tell you right now, Chris, it is just hot, 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 unbearably warm outside. It's 100 degrees, and my fat ass ain't built for heat. So we're, that's just all I got to say about that. Because my fat ass is not Why built is for the heat. But I am built for barbecue. I am built for barbecue, and that's what the 4th of July was all about. Had some good barbecue. Hung out with some good friends I hadn't seen in a while. Um, kind of sad I didn't get a chance to see you, but uh, you've had some issues come up. So, But that's okay. We, we're yeah, gonna it's get one of those things, man. We're just going to kind of roll with things. I mean, again, that's one of the great things about being here every Tuesday night. Did you notice the Santa Claus is gone? That is true. That is true. And thank you, Jay Hollywood, for the message here. Yes, 5.05 was the best time on Saturday back in the day, and I definitely could agree with you here. You know, yeah, the, Santa, the Santa Claus is gone. I decided to put the Blues jerseys up. Uh, you've got so, your you've got your drawing still in the background. I still got the drawing because that's that that was that's a good that's a great present for my brother. So I can't. Well, you know something, Chris. I got to tell you, and again, we're gonna we're gonna be going into high spots here just to know a couple other things going on. But I got to tell you right now, Chris. Uh, just looking at Dynamo Pro at his 15th anniversary. We're going to talk a little bit about that during high spots as well. We're going to be talking about that with Mucky Muck here at about 7.30. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we have to do each and every week before we get things rocking and rolling. And Chris, I'm going to go ahead and let you do the introduction here because I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that the technology will cooperate and hopefully we can get tonight's show started without many more technical difficulties. All right. It is time. To honor this great country because we just celebrated our independence yesterday. So we ask everyone to please rise. And if you're wearing any kind of hat wear, we ask that you please remove it. Also, rise if you're possible. If you can't stand up, then then don't, because that's just we don't want you, we don't want your urge. So but uh as we honor this great country with the singing of the national anthem. Are we gonna get it? 
might have a national anthem. I'll sing it if you want me to. I don't think the crowd wants me to. <laughs> we could take a poll on it. Should I sing it? Do, do, do you want me to sing it? Uh... Right now, we're, we're still working on the technical difficulties here, ladies and gentlemen, as a part of the show. I'll, lower, our, my, I'll lower my flag. Well, I can tell you right now, Chris, it's going to be one of those things of where tonight's show, we may not have music. I mean, it may be one of those things where technology is not cooperative. We've, 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 done, that, we, we've done that before. So. That is true. That is true. And I can tell you right now, not only are we going to have high spots, not only are we going to have our our uh, our guest tonight, but also we're going to have the return of Big Daddy P and the Snippets of Truth. We're also going to have the FWWC later on tonight. It's going to be a great show. And you know something, guys? Technology is not cooperating here, but we're going to make things do as best we can. And we're going to be joined here, I do believe. Well, in one second here, we've got a message here that we're on the screen. Uh, let's see here. we got a couple things to take care of. Um, is, is Renee on screen? Renee, you there? I, I don't know. We've got we got the night owl here beside us. That kind of well, scares I, me. But that's true. Hey, but let, let's just let's just move on and we'll <coughs> we'll, we'll we'll deal with we'll deal with that. Uh, we'll make sure we get things taken care of here tonight on the program. I say right now we're going to talk about high spots. All the wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Take care of the sponsors first. That is true. That is true. We got a lot of great sponsors here, and we're going to talk about. Uh, those great sponsors throughout the program. Uh, let's see here. We've got the Conspiracy Farm with Pat Militich and Jay Hollywood. We've got Interstate 70 Sports Media. We've got Me Fiesta KC Reynolds. We've got Nobleman's Barbershop in uh, KC. We've got Esports Bar in Kansas City. Kincaid. Um, got, yeah, that's true. We've got Kincaid. We've also got um, the uh, – and now I'm having I'm having a blank. Me Fiesta Reynolds. And, and like I said, we also can't leave out the FWWC as well. I mean, again, we have a lot of great sponsors that help us out. I also totally forgot here, Rathbun Engraving, one of those uh, great companies that provides uh, the opportunity to buy one of those great WrestleTalk podcast mugs. And you uh, can also Painter, Painter's, Painter's Dream Productions, who helps with our true. website. So, uh I, I yeah, so we, 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 I believe we got them all. Uh, apparently, they're working on – don't worry, people. You will have an anthem here soon. We prom. We, we're hoping to have. We, we, we just. We well, do Kurt, that for you. We do that for you. That is true. That is true. But you know something that's kind of strange in the idea where we've got people wanting the national anthem. We've been having messages that are brought well, up. Well, well, I'm not sure about well, that. Your your internet freezes every so often, Luke. Uh, Because we are coming, we're coming off of a couple of well, this is episode 401 because we didn't do an episode last week because uh, we had so much fun partying on 400. We 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 uh we just decided to 
take a week off, but that's okay. We did. We deserve four four hundred. Was great. At least I thought. It, I thought it was amazing, Luke. I know you were. You were. You were a part of it. Four hundred. On a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to ten, what was episode four hundred? Ten. 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 You gotta watch that, Chris. You know, if you if you don't get too far, somebody might be trying to get some royalties out of that. You know. Right. So, but no, we're uh. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about the world of professional wrestling. One of the big things we can talk about right now, and again, uh, we apologize if the national anthem comes in. We'll stop right there and pay homage to the greatest country in the world as soon as that uh, right. is taken care of. But the first thing we got to talk about is money, money in the bank. Money in the bank. Let me tell you, money in the bank happened this. I was going to say Sunday, but it didn't happen Sunday. It happened Saturday, uh, and. We had two winners. Liv Morgan won the women's money in the bank. And Austin Theory, I'm sorry, Theory won the men's money in the bank. And I am 50-50 on the winners. I loved the fact that Liv Morgan won the money in the bank. Because I was telling people she's becoming, she kind of feels like she is the female Daniel Bryan right now. With the, the sentimental pick. The, you know, at the height of the yes movement. Okay. And her she got a great response for winning the title. Theory, I would agree with, I'd agree with you, Chris. I mean, again, they were talking about it. I was watching uh, last night on Monday Night Raw. They said it was like two hours and 21 minutes. Right. That's how long and, she had a briefcase. And that's the thing they do with the women's money in the bank. They don't keep that on. I think Carmella might be the longest person that's held the title. I don't think there's been several. I know Alexa cashed in the same night. Um. Well, you know something, Chris? I got to look at it from this perspective. And, and you're going to find this strange. Well, I get the idea of the the sentimental pick here with uh, uh, Liv Morgan. I got to tell you right now, I was kind of in, in my brain, I was thinking maybe Alexa Bliss. I, re- I really was. I was kind of thinking the idea of where they had, had a lot of interaction between the two of them. And I was I was really thinking that that very well may have been what it finally came down to, but again, uh, Liv Morgan cashing in exactly when she needed to. Ronda Rousey's injured, takes full advantage of the situation as the new SmackDown champion. And last night, if you're going to go out there and, and and have a first match as the SmackDown champion, you can't go wrong with having Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE being alongside you in a tag team matchup against Natalia and Carmella. The question is, is do you think they hot shotted the uh, money in the bank because Ronda was failing as a SmackDown SmackDown women's champion? Because I don't think so. And and the reason why is because of the idea where, like you said, you brought up a great point, Chris. When you look at things here, you're looking at it from a perspective of that Daniel Bryan mentality. And you're seeing a lot of Daniel Bryan and Triple H to me in this situation, a lot of people are figuring we're going to see the rematch at SummerSlam. And I'm going to tell you right now, Ronda Rousey at 100%, even though she may not be liked by the fans, her in-ring ability speaks volumes. And I think when you look at it right here, it's going to be one of those where it's going to make for an interesting matchup at SummerSlam uh, alongside, of course, that main event matchup between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar as well. But now we got to look at the other side of the coin. We got to oh, look at, oh, at Theory oh. winning the money in the bank. Now, I got to tell I, you, I, while I while I see it, 
to me, it's not the answer. Nope. I, I there, there were a lot of other wrestlers I think that could have had a better situation. Um, when I heard uh, Adam Pierce make that announcement, I was I was left scratching my head. I was trying to figure out what was going on here. And theory right now, he loses the United States title. He gets an opportunity to compete for the U.S. championship against Bobby Lashley. He's got that mandatory rematch. I I don't know what to think, Chris. I really don't. I'm just going to kind of throw it to you here because I don't know where they go. I just think that when it comes down to it, this definitely was not the answer. That so you mean to tell me Austin Theory loses his United States title to Bobby Lashley, which I can understand that because they're setting up Theory and – well, I thought they were setting up Theory and Cena for SummerSlam, but I guess they're not. So, so Theory loses the United States title and then deserves to be in Money in the Bank? Are you are you kidding me? Well, you know, Chris, I look at it this way. You're looking at it from a perspective that things are going. I mean, it, it just every time you turn around, something new is not. It is it, it's not going the way of a WWE needs. And I got to tell you right now, to me, I think it definitely left a, a very bitter taste in a lot of people's mouth. Now, Chris, I'm going to go ahead here. Uh, you know who, who, who did who did you want to win the money in the bank? Honestly, my opinion was I think anybody that would have been there, I would have loved to either see Drew McIntyre or Sheamus win. See, I was going I was on I was on the riddle train. I was on the riddle train because then they could use that and be like, hey, you know, they, they have the whole he can't face Roman. Well, he's got this money in the bank saying, Yeah, he can. It also will help if like something happens during last man standing that Brock wins and is completely beat down Riddle can come in and make the make this make make the match so I mean I don't know well right now I mean again when you sit down and you look at it we're gonna we're gonna have to see a lot more of um theory in the weeks and months to come here in the WWE I like Jay Hollywood's question uh the Logan Paul signing. Personally, you know, personally, you know, personally I, I could give two shits less about it, to be honest with you. I, I mean, he did good at WrestleMania, but that doesn't move my needle. Well, I can tell you right now, to me, it definitely provides a little bit of interest. And the reason why is simple. You have The Miz, somebody who has consistently consistently gets under people's skin. And now you have somebody who in the eyes of many people can get under their skin even worse than the Miz. That's saying something. But as we see here, I'm looking forward to it because if you go back and you look at WrestleMania, Logan Paul delivered. And I think right now giving him an opportunity to sign a limited date contract I'm actually kind of interested. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's setting up Miz and Logan Paul at SummerSlam, probably. I mean, or maybe you do a tag match and then have Miz and Logan Paul at WrestleMania. I don't know. It just, to me, 
I don't care. I, th- Logan Paul doesn't move any needle for me at all. It just, it's kind of like, it is what it is. It's there, but we don't, do we need it? Well, you know something, Chris? I mean, when you sit down and you look at things right now, the WWE, and we've said it for weeks, and a lot of fans have said it for weeks, is what is it going to take to get the fans interested? And, you know, to me, one thing that I've been seeing lately that I'm not really looking forward to either is a lot of people are wondering what's up with the street profits. And, and, and we look and we look here in the in the in the comments here, uh Jay Hollywood bringing up a great one. Needing more names with marquee value. And I'm gonna tell you right now, to me, I look at it from the perspective of I think the street profits have that have that ability, just like you were talking earlier with Riddle. Is Montez Montez, Montez Ford? Now, not now. This doesn't take anything away from Angelo Dawkins because I think he is great too. I think both of the Street Profits could be single stars if they wanted to. I like them as a tag team. However, I think they could work as sing- I think Montez Ford has that it factor. He's kind of got that same it factor as Bianca Belair. I think Bianca Belair is the star of the WWE Women's Division. And will be for a long time because she's got that athleticism, charisma. Okay, I'm just I, I am now quoting ACH here: athleticism, charisma, and heart. Uh, I, I that's I, I think that I think and I think Montez has that too. Well, you know something, Chris. I got to tell you right now. To me, this seems like, and I liked your analogy there earlier, your comparison. But I got to tell you right now, when it comes down to it. You've got to look at it from the perspective of is Angelo Dawkins, if they were to split up the Street Profits, would he become the 2022 Marty Kinetic? I don't think so because I think Angelo Dawkins has the has as much has has just as much charisma. It's kind of like the whole. I'm afraid that I'm afraid that they're going to ruin Angelo Dawkins like they did Tucker with um, when he was with what was the team name heavy machinery with when he was with Otis I like the heavy machinery team because they were just kind of fun you know fun fun guy you know stuff like that and then you don't see Tucker here right now you see Otis puking in the ring well that's something completely other otherwise well, you, you know Chris we're gonna stop this conversation about going from Monday Night Raw and, and puke this is going to be kind of one of those unique segues because I was just made aware a few moments ago that our first guest is back in the green room, and he's a man that I've known for many, many years. And again, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully the technology will cooperate here to bring in our first guest this evening here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your fingers crossed because our good friend Muckety Muck is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Uh, let's go ahead and see here. Uh, Hoss, I know you're working on the technical problems, but can you bring in? And here he is, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say it now, and this is going to kind of sound strange, but I'm going to officially call you Mr. Muck here for just a minute because of what's there. And again, uh, first of all, I want to welcome you here to our wonderfully, um, our wonderful program here this evening. We've had some background music problems and some tech problems, but you know, one thing that's good is you're here to talk about something that's really exciting, that being jams and slams. How you been? I'm doing well, my friends. Uh, hopefully, you got me okay, and I'm coming. I, through you sound 
you sound fan flipping tastic. So, and, and you already sound like you've had like 15 cups of coffee. So, I, you're it's been a busy day. I've been doing my best to hydrate all day long. It was a bear out there today, which is humidity. It's freaking hot in the St. Louis area, isn't it? It is. Uh, when I was out and about, the most of the temperature gauges outside was reading 102 uh, with a heat index of around 110. So it was just unbearable today. And I promise uh, uh, I don't bring much to the table as far as talking about Otis puking in the ring. So I promise not to bring any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing we got to say, though, is that we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Monday Night Raw. We're not going to talk about Money in the Bank. We're not even going to talk about blood and guts. We're going to talk about jams and slams. Now, now, Muck, I got to tell you, three, and it's true. The first event we held before the pandemic was a great night of professional wrestling. Had our second event back in May. A lot of great wrestling action. And and I got to tell you something right now. We're going to talk a little bit about wrestling. We're also going to talk about. We're going to take just a minute here and talk about roller derby. Now. A lot of wrestling fans have grown accustomed to the Arch Rival Roller Derby and Dynamo Pro Wrestling being together. But <coughs> the Arch Rival Roller Derby takes it to another extreme when we get to see the rematch between the Block and Roll Express and the New Wheeled Order. Now, I got to ask you, Muck, how did this come into being? Because to having, I mean, I know they have regular team names and they mm-hmm. have all those kind of How did this all come to be? Sure. Um, great question. And yes, we are looking forward to this great event that's coming up this Saturday night at Queenie Park. And we'll mention uh, a couple of the matches that will be uh, taking place this Saturday night. The whole genesis of our tribal roller derby converting to a different kind of localized schedule uh, compared to what our normal fan base is accustomed to. And we've been around for about 17 years. So folks were kind of used to our localized play. But during the pandemic, we experienced a lot of the same Uh, pitfalls that a lot of local sports teams did, and that's the loss of members. Um, You know, some of them retired, some of them uh, relocated to another city, and some of them, you know, honestly decided to pursue other interests besides roller derby. So we saw a a heavy-duty reduction in the uh, the amount of skaters that we had. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were at somewhere around 90 to 100 skaters. Uh, Post-pandemic, we are getting back with about 40 or 50. So we knew that we had to shrink... uh, the roster sizes and a normal roster for a roller derby team is about 20 players. When you only got 40 players, then obviously you have to make some changes and modifications. And we have four local teams and we didn't want to have to play the decision of, well, do we eliminate one of the local squads? Because all four squads, all four local squads have legacy ties to them. And you don't want to play that battle of who gets eliminated and tossed to the side. So what we did as an organization was just to kind of suspend the local campaign and then create what are essentially two super teams of some of those returning skaters. So as a result, we went from a uh, event format of a double header roller derby matchup in the course of an evening to only having one singular matchup. But this gave us the opportunity to once again work in partnership with Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And of course, we had such a great time back in February 2020 that we figured, hey, it makes sense to do it again. Uh, we gained some new audience members. I know Dynamo Pro Wrestling gained some new fans as a result of it. And when you really think about it, you know, it's the best of both worlds when you combine the two things together because there's a lot of similarities between both sports and its fan base. Uh, so we thought it would be great to pair up with Dynamo Pro Wrestling again. I've known the owners of DPW for two decades plus. Uh, so I think having that trust factor had a lot to do with it. And of course, just the fact that it was something new and fresh and entertaining that we could do. And um, 
we were just happy to make it all work the last time out when we did it in May because it was our first time back in the public in two plus years. So when you haven't done something that you love to do for a while, you kind of got to shake a little bit of, bit of the rust off. You have to make sure that you're still operationally back to what you were at, you know, as far as putting on a show and a production. And then, of course, being familiar with uh, the operations of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, it just made a lot of sense to continue on uh, with this modification of play. So to answer your question in long-winded terms, how did it come down for Black and Old Express versus uh, the New Wheeled Order? Well, obviously you wanna fit a certain theme with all our events, and that's what we're trying to do in our return to play this year. And of course, going back to Jansen Slams, if you're gonna have two super teams, then you need to come up with some super team names. And um, we won't say who came up with it. I have um, my uh, uh, inclinations of knowing who was in charge of coming up with the team names, but of course we wanted to make homage to some of the great tag teams and, and uh, factions back in the historical faces of wrestling. And um, it, it turned out to be great. The skaters really got into it. They adopted even another derby name. You know, most skaters have a derby name to begin with already. Well, they adopted a new one just for this particular campaign. So it's something that we did in May. We're gonna do it again this Saturday. We had our second event of a four event regular season uh, a couple of weeks ago, and our theme night was uh, alumni night and uh, history night because we were celebrating our 17th year of operation. So we went back to the first two franchises of when the league was first founded. So we had Pink, uh, Pink Angel versus Black Vixen. So we've kind of incorporated a different theme with every show, uh, every show, every event that we've been holding this year. And uh, our fans loved it. They loved the new dynamic of the personalities and the T-shirts and all the all the, the fun things that came with both of those things. But yeah, just um, extenuating the theme with what we've been going on with Dynamo Press, I made it an easy sell to convince the teams, hey, let's have two super groups here. Oh, because back in the t the wonderful time of February in 2020 when things were normal, because um, things still aren't normal. But uh, mm. but I do remember I do remember our first event. It was it was an awesome event. The both fans loved it. The Dynamo Pro fans came up to me afterwards and were like, "Dude, this was fun as he this was a, one of the fun funnest things I've ever watched." I knew nothing about roller derby. The roller derby fans came up and was like, "Well, we didn't know anything about professional wrestling and and Dynamo Pro wrestling." The skaters, I can't tell you how many skaters I talked to as it was, I was we were closing down and walking out the door that said. Man, this was absolutely a fun event. So yeah. I mean, we hit we hit the three we hit the three strikes there. So yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's just it was it's an awesome event. Like you said, the the second event was the alumni. There's a fourth event coming up. Is it later on this month or is it in August? That's going to be in August, and that uh, is going to be changed in modification a little bit. The theme is actually going to be it was originally going to be called the the Clash for Cash, where we are actually. Uh, doing payouts uh, for the teams that placed in uh, first, second, and third. But actually, we're going to rename it uh, Clash for a Cause, where we are actually raising money for charity. And we will reveal those three charities here in just a little bit. Uh, we learned a lot during the pandemic is, um, you know, we hurt a little bit, but there were some non-for-profits that really uh, were hurting and struggling during the pandemic. So this gave us the opportunity to uh, pull our resources together and do a fun event. So it's going to be a multi-invitational tournament. And uh, we'll have three teams of 15. That's what we're slotting on right now. And uh, we will be doing that in August. But we got to talk about Saturday night. Because Saturday well, you, night. You know, you know something, Mark? I got to throw out some of these names here because I oh, think sure. we were talking about it. Some of these names here that we're here. And again, I had to have my list because oh, there you go. some of them are, just out there, are, are totally cool. We've got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. We have Checky Lynch, the yep. Fart Foundation, Gorgeous <laughs> George. 
uh, the Underskater, Holly Wild Hogan, and and honestly, one of my personal favorites, tables, splatters, and chairs. That's I, just a few of them, ladies and gentlemen. I, I love those names. And, you know, it didn't take a lot of convincing for some of those skaters because they are lifelong fans of pro wrestling, and they embraced this new concept of uh, adopting a new derby name and a new derby persona just for this event. And, and they had they, they had shirts made up, if I believe. They had new mm-hmm. shirts made up that they that they custom, they all customized their shirts, obvious, obviously, because that's what that's what – that's what they're supposed to do. So yeah, and, and and they had a blast with it. And of course, obviously, you know, people come up and they ask us sometimes. Well, where do the derby skaters get their names? You know, because most of them, you know, adopt a, a different derby name. You know, just to uh, you know, kind of do an expressionism of uh, either pop culture or maybe it relates to. Uh, an occupation they have. Sometimes it deals with uh, where they live at. Uh, but for this case, they just wanted to adopt a, a new name and a new theme uh, just because we were fitting the professional wrestling motifs there. So, uh, yeah, a lot of them really embraced it. And then a couple of the skaters who didn't embrace it the first time out was like, oh, I had the opportunity to do that. Why didn't I do that? So there's going to be a few new additions this time around. And uh, there's going to be some new skaters this time around because both squads are going to be competing against each other once again. And they have the same core amount of people on both sides, a lot of returning faces. Uh, but each team has added about five new skaters since that first nice. event. So uh, what was great about the first event, it was a, a very good comparable uh, matchup uh, between the two squads because we actually took about three weeks to figure out you don't want to stack the deck. You want very even rosters. Right. And, and even though the final score was, you know, about a hundred or no, a 40 point differential. And a lot of folks might think that 40 points, that's a blowout. No, not at all. Not in roller derby because it's a very high scoring event. Well, we took a look at that and we made some changes and modifications in the lineup to where we think they are even more evenly matched this time around. And one of the skaters that you mentioned, the underskater is not going to be in attendance for that one there. And that's a jammer that scores 60 points for you on the average for a night. So that was with the new wheeled order. So actually that plays into the benefit of the block and roll express because they lost by 40 points last time out. Here's the chance for redemption. And then when you get a swing of 60 points one way or the other, you know, it's going to be very, very real, real, real quick. Monkey. Um, can, can you, uh, can you, for the people that are like saying, what are you guys talking about in points and stuff like this? Can you just a quick, uh, Give me a quick reference guide to what roller derby is, how the points are scored, what happens, what are the what are the what are the rules of roller derby? Rules? There are no rules. Are you kidding me? I think when people ask me what's roller derby about, I like to say that it is a combination of roller skating, rugby, and Black Friday shopping because it's a little bit of everything going on simultaneously. It's this game that both offense and defense plays simultaneously. You got ten players on a track, five each side. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, their recollection of what roller derby means to them depends on their age. I think folks that are 60 and above, they think of the uh, uh, the wooden banked track that a lot of folks might have saw in the early years of ESPN, you know, in its infancy. That was a form of their programming. You fast forward to about uh, around 1990 when roller games became a very popular syndicated show there. And that was the one where you had. Uh, the wall, you know, <laughs> they were skating around that, and then the alligator pit during overtime. It, it was pretty comical, in effect. Uh, but then you had Roller Jam about 10 years later after that, which was featured on TNN, and a lot of ECW fans, I think, remember that because it was side-by-side programming there. So Roller Derby is a physical contact sport. You have 10 players aside. They're all on quad skates. There's in lines on this. And the purpose is to have your player, your jammer, your designated jammer, go out and lap the opposition. So 
for the first time fan that might come out and join us on Saturday night, it may look a little confusing at first because it's like, well, who am I following and what's going on here and things like that. The things that you got to remember is the jammer is the one that can score the points. They're the ones that's designated with the star on the helmet and their motive, their prerogative is to make one continuous lap around what's known as the pack, which is your blockers and the people that are not only helping your, your jammer try to escape from a pack, but to also slow down the other team's jammer. And every time that you pass a member of the opposition, a blocker, that scores one point for an individual. So it is not uncommon for, you know, a jam, which is two minutes in length, be like an eight zero point differential or something like that. So in a 60 minute game, it does not take very long at all to rack up 150 points per squad so obviously the main goal is most team that scores the most points wins um it's just you know it's cool because you get to see strategy you know there is physical contact in this game um a lot of our athletes are former uh, uh some of them have participated in inline roller hockey so they know about body positioning it's not about being the toughest or strongest person out there it's about using your body correctly and being able to you know position yourself to keep the opposition at bay and let your own jammer score so it usually takes for a first timer to come out maybe a couple of jams just to kind of soak it all up and figure I'll out admit, how to play it's- i'll admit i'll admit my first time and then even having to be reintroduced to everything because it's been two years since we had one so it's like I had to, I had to be reintroduced, and one of our rest, one of our wrestlers on our roster said she loves to do love to do the roller derby before mm-hmm. the Maddie Exodus. That she was like she, she was watching. I think she was watching the most intent of any of the superstar or any of our Dynamo Pro wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, because she said I remember doing this and I just want to go out there and skate. I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they might let you go out there. I don't Actually, know. We've got, we've got open tryouts coming up uh, very very shortly. If you wanted to shake the rust off, she's got the gear. So if she really wanted to step back. And she's got the name. She's got the name too because she's got the wrestling name is the Monarch. So it's like, so you know something. You know something, Chris. That's one of the things here, and I have to tell you. Not only was she interested in in what was going on on the track prior to the Dynamo Pro Action, she actually tried to incorporate some of the things she actually saw on the track into her matchup with the with uh, Authentic Rain Victoria and the Simply Rebellious One Ashlyn Alexander. I mean, again, it was really kind of unique to see what's there. Now, now, Muck, you did talk earlier on about the idea of where we have roller derby, the R-Triable roller derby, and we have Dynamo Pro Wrestling. You're going to see not necessarily a, a, a traditional Dynamo Pro event. You're going to see a, a little bit shorter event. But, I mean, when you look at it, you've seen tag team championship matches. You've seen women's championship matches. You've seen MWR Missouri State championship matches. Uh, you name it, the Dynamo Pro titles have been on the line. And as people have seen in the commercials and have seen in, in all the uh, press that's been out, there's going to be a lot of great wrestling action. I want you to go ahead and share with the with the uh, viewers of the WrestleTalk podcast some of the action they can expect to see this Saturday night at Jams and Slams 3. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. And what we learned from you know Jams and Slams 2 is to expect the unexpected because that's what happened that night as we had four title matches and then we added a fifth with the tag team championships being added on the line too. I can guarantee you a couple of things. We do have a title match that is going to be featured, but I think we've got some intriguing matchups. I, got, I can reveal three <coughs> of the four matchups that will be coming up this Saturday night at Jams and Slams. Once again, Midwest Sport Hockey at Quinney Park and Baldwin 630 is the start. 
um <laughs> we and i don't know if i can mention tickets and stuff like that we'll, we'll oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we're totally cool with that that's one of those where okay. i know a lot of fans are going to want to pick up tickets after they yeah. hear these great matches so okay let's go ahead and look at some of the matchups for this coming saturday absolutely night. and this is in no particular order but i think there has to be a little bit of eyes watched on this one here because it's going to be the first heavyweight title defense of the new dpw heavyweight champion that's benjamin trust who won Ooh. the dpw heavyweight championship uh, two weeks ago at the 15th anniversary show. And uh, this is going to be a big test for him. And it's going to be a mighty challenge because he's going to be facing a man that's held that title multiple times as it will be lights out Adrian Surge going against Benjamin Trust for the DPW heavyweight title. So, and that one's going to be interesting because we know how surly Adrian Surge has been since he lost that title, you know, a couple of years or, or in, you know, not all that long ago. Uh, he wants that title back, and he wants to do it on his home turf. He wants to do it against a man who he knows that he thinks he can beat. And, of course, Benjamin Trust, it's a lot different when you are the hunted compared to being the hunter. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders to try to not only survive, but, of course, to defend that championship. So we're going to see, you know, it, oh, go ahead. Uh, how surprised were you? Because I know you were in our you were at the 15th anniversary show because you love because you're big into Dynamo. You know Jim and Crystal for forever for almost forever. Uh, were you surprised that Camaro was the first one out of that triple of that of that fatal four way match? I was because, I was because you saw him at Jams and Slams too. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, what what was your thoughts on that? That's always kind of the big battle in one of those four-way matches is that the champion can lose his title. Uh, and seeing him being the first one eliminated was pretty shocking. You can tell he was really upset after that occurred because, you know, you don't get a second chance in an opportunity like that. And essentially, you're going to be sitting in the back watching three other competitors, you know, now fight for that open championship. So I know it had to be heartbreaking. I know a lot of fans were shocked in the audience. Of course, obviously, people had their particular favorites that they were rooting for. And you had, you know, three other contenders that were definitely worthy of the title. Uh, so obviously, at the end of the night, Benjamin Trust, you know, uh, had a Hail Mary and was able to get the pinfall victory that night. And, um, you know, he was excited. He was he was obviously overcome with emotion afterwards as a result of winning this championship. And it's going to be a, a, a tough task for him against a man that uh, has held that heavyweight title before. And he knows what he needs to do to get that belt. Right. Well, and he's and Serge is surly right now. He's he's yeah. angry. He's angry. He's angry. He's and, and he's made up with the agents of chaos. So, Lord, well, Lord knows you, just, you just hit a right on point. The idea of where if you if you look at what happened to the fifteenth anniversary, Serge went with the agents of chaos, and the agents of chaos win the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Championships. He's had a real bad attitude in the last few months. But if there's anybody who has had a tidal wave of momentum as of late, it's been Benjamin Trust. And I'm going to tell you, Benjamin Trust, when it comes down to it, he has a lot of family ties. He, he kind of had the home field advantage when we were at the sports academy. Mm -hmm. Now let's see what happens, like, like, like Muck said. You have the man who is now the hunted. And he's going into unfamiliar territory against the man who's a former two-time Dynamo Pro heavyweight champion i gotta tell you that's definitely as as we've talked about is a very intriguing matchup now let's go ahead and move on here real quick to another matchup muck go ahead and and, and give us the next matchup all right i i'm looking forward to this one here because we're seeing a bit of the future in this matchup against somebody that has been a title holder in the past and this is going to see the main attraction dion 
taking on one member of the Arch City Mercenaries, and that's Tony Esteem. That's going to go one-on-one in a matchup there. I think that's going to be an incredible matchup, and we've seen Dion really, really shine in the area the last couple of months. And this is going to be a big test because Tony Esteem, as we saw at the first chance in slams, we had the Arch City Mercenaries against uh, Dion and Ricky Rodriguez. Um, that was almost a title switch right then and there itself on that night. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup there. And we'll see, you know, the high-flying attraction of the main attraction. We'll see how Dion does. Well, I can tell you right now, for those who were at the 15th anniversary, I'm amazed that Dion was even able to make, right. able to make it. He was, I mean, just decimate but that's one thing you gotta look at with this man he does not know the word quit he has gone out there and he'll take it to anybody that wants to sign their name on the dotted line i'm gonna tell you tony esteem if he doesn't even think for one second he lets his net is his memory slide he could walk out with with an l in the loss column going mm-hmm. against the main attraction i think right now and this is gonna be my personal opinion thus far my prediction Dion walks away with the W. Mm. Chris? Dion, Dion's got that. He's got. He's just got that attitude about him. So, I mean, so we we shall we shall see on that one. You said you had a third. You had a third one. Let's let's uh, let, let's break that one. Okay, this one's going to be an interesting one. I think the fans are going to get a real treat out of this one because we did talk about Matty Exodus and Ashley and Alexander. Their rivalry is going to continue on. In tag team action, my friends, we're doing a mixed tag team match. And that oh. is going to consist of Maddie Exodus, and her partner will be Ricky Rodriguez. Oh. They will be battling Ashlyn Alexander and her partner, partner Jackal, that's coming up on this oh. match here. So there's a lot really intriguing about this matchup. We know the long story feud between Maddie and Ashlyn, and we know about the long history between Ricky and Jackal. At one time, they were tag champs. So, that's correct. So you know that there's a history, and as a matter of fact, when they lost the tag straps, that's when Jackal turned on Ricky Rodriguez, and they were no longer friends. They were both. They, I was going to say, they, were, they, were, they weren't just partners. They were, like, literally, like, best friends. And whenever those two get in the ring together, good. I mean, Lucas, he, Lucas called those matches. I mean, they're, they're fighting. Ricky's mom still has never forgiven Jackal. <laughs> I mean – well, Chris, you got to look at it this way. I mean, again, Ricky Rodriguez, former Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champion. I mean, he's really cut his teeth in Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And Jackal, and, and Muck, you've known Jackal like myself for mm-hmm. better part, almost of two decades. Yep. Jackal has consistently kept right on the edge. To, to quote Dusty Rhodes, talking about living on the edge of the lightning bolt, that's what Jackal's done for his entire career. And you're looking at the ladies in the same a- avenue. Maddie Exodus is not the biggest competitor. When she goes out there and and brings it each and every time, and Ashlyn Alexander is really coming into her own, this matchup has all the components to be one of the matches that a lot of fans at Jams and Slams 3 are going to take away and say, that was the match that that excited me about Jams and Slams. And I think think that's the same with, with like, Maddie and Ashlyn. I mean – you just you, you got to give them you got to give them time in the ring, and I think having Ashlyn with Jackal is probably one of the best things that you could do because Jackal's been around. I don't think Jackal's ever wrestled anybody his size. I mean, he's always he's always been that short. I mean, 
back to the GCW days, I Muckety Muck probably remembers Jackal back in GCW. I oh, mean, sure. I was there when he started, you know, and and uh, what a career it's been. And he's learned and he's grown a lot uh, in terms of his quality of wrestling. I mean, obviously, uh, all those years of just uh, applying your trade is going to make you a, a veteran experienced uh, a wrestler out there. And I think that's good partnership. I think, you know, obviously using that sage advice that I'm sure the Jackal can give. And uh, of course we know that Jackal has a mean streak in him and Ashland's not afraid to tie it up with anybody as well. So really that could be a dynamic duo there. And although it is set up as a mixed tag team match, which means when the women enter the ring, they tag out, then the men enter the ring, you know, Ashland Alexander is not afraid of anybody. Who's no. to say? Who's to say that she doesn't go across the ring and just slaps Ricky Rodriguez in the face and says, "Hey, come bring it in." And Jackal's batshit crazy, so no telling. He'll fight the audience <laughs> if he wants to by the end of the night. So, you know, hopefully cooler heads will prevail in this one. But I got a feeling just because of that combustible <laughs> energy that's in the ring there, there's no telling what might happen. I actually, if I remember, if I remember back to the Cinco de Mayo festival, I believe Maddie Exodus actually picked up the victory over Jackal in a triple threat match. Okay. I believe so. So, you know, Jackal's not going to be afraid of – Maddie's not going to be afraid, afraid for a fight. You know you know what they say, those short those short girls, they're, they're, a, little, they're a little crazier. So, but, but no, Matt, Maddie is so, so awesome. I like I – she's one of my favorite people. And we were talking on Saturday at the 15th anniversary show, someone that really impressed you that's probably not going to be on Jams and Slams 3, but you were really impressed that Tommy Davis stepped up against Camaro Jackson. I was, you know, and that was my first chance that I ever got to see him. Uh, and he looked really good. And, and keep in mind, folks, that was a matchup that was pretty much, you know, it, it changed and altered because that was originally supposed to be Kareem Brigante against Camaro Jackson. And I thought Tommy did a great job in stepping up on very little notice and put forth not just a good effort, but a great effort. It actually came kind of this close to winning the title, if I remember right. That would have been a major, major upset, and I think that gives good notice that how evenly distributed the whole lineup is for Dynamo Pro. You know, you take a look at a top ten. Well, you've got a champion, but you've got two through ten there, and any one of those competitors there can hold the title belt. So, and and when you look at and and you go with some of the wrestlers that are in, and again, looking at that top ten, you're looking at wrestlers like. Mike Outlaw, like the King mm-hmm. of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. You always got to put Adrian Surge in the mix. Uh, you could look at the Agents of Chaos. You could look at um, – I, I could go with the Tommy Davis, uh, Dragons Gill. I mean, there's so many different – Jeffrey we're, Hyde. And we're, we're not looking at the snitch, though. We, we, we're, we're, the snitch the snitch what lost is the your thing with the snitch, Chris? I mean, I mean, and again, Muck was there. He saw it. What is your thing with the snitch? I mean, we, we finally gotten past – his little problem, and I've never seen you laugh like you did as you did the 15th anniversary. I'm sorry, he got his opportunity. I mean, I'm, still ang- I, I'm still angry at him. He tried to steal my wallet that night, and I wasn't excited about that, and I wasn't pleased at all. And if it wasn't for one of the, the derby skaters catching him, ruffling through my things, he might have made off with all my credit cards. I don't trust that guy at all. I've never trusted that guy. I trust him about as far as I can throw him. So, uh, so I guess I guess let's let's give the fans the information about the jams and slams. All the information that you that they can go to. I know they can go to Arch Arch Rival Roller Derby on Facebook, but and I know there's a Twitter page too. So let's knock that out. Give them where they can buy the tickets and absolutely. 
Um, yeah, so it's coming up this Saturday night, Jams and Slams 3. So we begin it all at 6.30 with uh, Arch Rival Roller Derby, and we see the rematch between the Block and Roll Express against the New Wheeled Order. And then at around 8 o'clock, um, it's going to be Dynamo Pro Wrestling with a four-match card. Hey, it could be more than that. We'll find out very shortly. Tickets right now on sale. Here's what you would pay for at the door on event night at Midwest Sport Hockey in Queenie Park. It's $15 for general admission adults, and it is open seating, so you can buy a ticket. You can be down on the front row. If you like to watch the action a little bit further away on the bleachers, you can do that. Children 10 and under get an absolutely free. But we do offer special discounts if you buy in advance with an advanced ticket purchase, and you can buy those tickets. we got an Eventbrite page, and we also have on our official website, archrivalrollerderby.com, and also uh, through our Twitter feeds and our Facebook page. We have a link to that. You can purchase adult discount tickets. Normally, they're $15, but you can get them for as low as $12 a piece. Or if you got a group of friends, and I think this is a fun night to do with all your buddies out there, get a group. Six or more can get tickets for as low as $10 a piece. So the more you buy, the more you save, I guess you could say, in situations like that. We also have special discounts for high school students and those collegiate students with an ID. That's $8. <coughs> and, of course, once again, children in uh, 10 and under get in absolutely free. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night. Midwest Sport Hockey, that's at 570 Weidman Road in Baldwin, Missouri. It's Queenie Park. Uh, I can guarantee you this, even with all the hot temperatures, I can guarantee you it is a climate-controlled atmosphere when you go in there. So you're not going to have to worry about the heat. I know the action's going to be hot. It's going to be sizzling, that's for sure. But, of course, you know, it's going to be another fun night. Doors open at 6 o'clock. We do have a uh, COVID policy where you must show a proof of vaccination. It can either be in printed or digital form. Once you do that, you get it absolutely free. We do that to protect our athletes and our officials and our fans, of course. And we want you to come on out and have a good time and, and leave safely as well. So that's what we do there. Once you so, uh, show that, you're in scot-free. And then you can kick back. Of course, we've got uh, beverages for sale, both uh, uh, adult and juniors. And then, of course, uh, we've got food there as well. It's a fun night and a fun time. And what we always try to do is we want a family of four to come in for under 40 bucks. And that's the way that we've always looked at it. And, of course, once again, you can get those tickets on sale right now, archrivalrollerderby.com. Uh, the Twitter is at archrivalstl. And those tickets, those advanced tickets go on sale until midnight this Friday. So if you wait till Saturday, you're going to pay a little bit more at the, uh, at the door. So it pays uh, to make that ticket purchase early. And so it's a fun night. It's a fun and, night. And don't you have also merchandise available to purchase at the event? The, we, like, I, I believe I saw I believe I saw some shirts and, and other things. Uh, yes, we do have Arch Rival Apparel, of course. Uh, we've got... Uh, uh, scarves, although you don't need it at this time of the year. That actually no, not at all. <laughs> you can stock up and get that Christmas stocking stuffer early on. Stickers, buttons, I do believe koozies, uh, pint glasses. Uh, we're uh, unveiling some new shirts this weekend, as a matter of fact. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got all kinds of things. We also do a uh, charity 50-50 raffle drawing for a local non-for-profit. We, every year we always team up with a local charity, a local non-for-profit from the St. Louis area. This year it's Casa of St. Louis. And what we do is we sell raffle tickets. And um, actually what occurred uh, the last two times that we've done these drawings is, um, of course, obviously the charity gets half the money, but then somebody who has a winning ticket um, gets the other half of it. Well, just out of the goodness of their hearts, uh, they decided to donate their winning uh, share of the pot to the charity. So um, not only are you participating in a fun night of roller derby, but you're also uh, helping out a good organization as well with Casa of St. Louis. And of course, you're enjoying the great action of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And I'm excited about this. You know, we were really excited about 
uh, teaming up with BPW once again. And we thought it was so nice we should do it twice. And that's why we're doing it once again. And and these are just three of the four matchups here. I can't wait to see what also is behind the curtain. Uh, we should get to know that one here shortly. Or maybe we'll just have a little bit of a surprise. You don't know. We'll find out this Saturday night at 630. Doors open at 6 o'clock and it's free party. Maybe maybe Luke will get in the right. No, we don't want that. Well, we don't, well, no, well, I got I to tell you one thing, though, guys. I mean, not only are you going to get the opportunity for, for, for the low, low price of $10, $12, $15, depending on your, your situation, the opportunity where you get to see great roller derby, great professional wrestling. And if you participate in that 50-50, I've had a lot of dealings with, with, with CASA here in Illinois. Uh, Court-appointed special advocates is very, very important to the community and being able to participate in the 50-50 drawing and being able to give money to help them out. They are a great charity. And, and again, you can do lots of great things. You can get some great merchandise to support your, your favorite roller derby player or Dynamo Pro Wrestling as well. Again, for more information, Arch Rival Roller Derby uh, on, on the web as well as social media. Uh, Muck, it's always an honor and a privilege to have you here on the program and look forward to seeing you this Saturday at Queenie Park for Jams and Slams 3. I can't wait. We're excited about it. And of course, I know the fans are salivating to get to this one, too. Uh, we look forward to seeing. And, and if you're a first time fan of uh, or first time attendee of uh, roller derby, we think that you'll like what you see. We always like to say that uh, if you're a fan of our tribal roller derby, you won't be disappointed. And if you're not a fan of our tribal roller derby, well, come Saturday night, you'll become one because we think that you'll like what you see. And of course, partnering up again with Dynamo Pro Wrestling and the fantastic organization and the, the athletes that they have, uh, I think it's going to be another another big thumbs up by the end of the evening. I agree. I, agree. I'm, I most definitely agree. I became a fan the first time I saw it. I'm set... I was like looking forward to like more events between with with us, but you know the world went crazy on us in, yeah. in 2020. So, but we're happy we're happy to be back, and we're gonna have some fun this Saturday. And let's 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 rock it out. Yeah, cannot wait. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And fans, hopefully you come on out. And if you can't, hey, um, who's to say that we don't do this again? Because we're not going away anytime soon. And we will we're definitely for seventeen years. We're not folding anytime soon. Pandemic and we will, damn. we will, we will Good definitely time. share. We will definitely share your information on the Russell Talk Podcast social media channels. Uh, awesome. So. So, Muckety Muck, it's been great to see you. We'll see you Saturday. Uh, it's good to see you this past week. Uh, so, just stay stay out of trouble. Don't drink too much coffee, though, because you're. Oh you're, no, no, no! You won't find you won't find me doing that. I'll I'll try to I'll try to keep a level head. Ah, uh, I don't I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> I might be lying just a little bit. <laughs> All right, Muckety, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you Saturday at Queen Park. You betcha. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Muckety Muck in the first hour of the wrestling. Man, he makes me tired. He's got so much energy, man. I mean, okay, here it is. We got to set it up right now. Muckety Muck and Sonny Money Man, right there. Got it. That's got to be on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Has to happen right here I on mean, the program. I, I mean, it, it just. I mean, we had we had fun on Jams and Slams too. So you know, trying to get back to everything. I think three is going to be just as good, and I'm ready to. You know, I'm I'm ready to go. I mean, I know you're ready to go. Carp's ready to go. We got Sir Adrian Surge and Benjamin Trust. Are you kidding me? I gotta tell you right now, Chris. Right now, that's gonna be. Is there is there any is there anyone hotter in the St. Louis area than Benjamin Trust? He's. I say right now, Chris. I'm gonna say it. There's anybody as hot as Benjamin Trust right now in St. Louis? It's lights out, Adrian Surge. No, if there's anything hotter. If there's anything hotter in St. Louis, it's the freaking weather. He is the Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion. He is the MMWA Heavyweight Champion. He's the 
PWE Interstate Champion. I apologize if I got that wrong, but he's got he's got three belts. I mean, well, Chris, you got to look at it this way though, as 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 Muck brought up brought up, and there's trust Kurt himself. Has, has there- two men called the agents of chaos watching his back. So that's what you're looking at. I mean, there's a lot of intangibles there. There's a lot of things that are going to be out there. And speaking of which, he's in our we, chat. He's in our chat. He's, he's like Mister Mister July himself. He had a whole fuck. He had a full day Independence Day. Mister Mister the President of the United States of Slam. Can you can you can you uh, can, can you just? I mean, there there you go. It's it's all set and ready to go. Speaking of which, as we're going with things right now oh, here. I- uh, can you hear me okay? I can yeah. hear you. Back. We've got him here now. Hoss, i got to ask you, you have been dealing with a ton. And I'm going to tell you, for those that don't know, Hardcore Hoss has been working since about 6 o'clock this evening with all these technical issues. This wasn't just a, a couple-minute thing. He has been navigating the tech stuff for two hours. Hoss, did you finally get rid of the gremlins? I, I don't know if they're totally gone. I, I'm hoping so, but... Yeah, that's what I say too. That's terrible. Gremlin. Well, you know something, though, guys. And one of the things we got to look at here, um, we talked at episode 400 about bringing back a very good friend of ours, a man who has been around the Russell Talk podcast for many, many years. And uh, Hoss, is he in the green room? Uh, no, he is not. Did anybody send him the link? That's the. That's my question. Uh, I. Th- think he was supposed to but i know too he was talking about how he had some things coming up here as well but again that's one of the things that makes the russell talk podcast so unique is the idea of where we have so many different things you talk about muckety muck you talk about roller derby you talk about pro wrestling you talk about all the technology issues we have and here in just a few minutes we are going to have the legacy aj kazana on the program as well i mean i was having an opportunity to look back at the information here doing the research I mean, that was about really the only thing I could do today in the office, knowing that Carp took the key to the thermostat and left it 63 degrees in the office all day. That damn I mean, Carp. He, he, we can't, can't leave him in the office for anything. I mean, again, the last time... He turned down the air conditioner. But again, right now, I walked in here, and I mean, it was just frigid in the office. But I still managed to get my work done. I still managed to get the, the, the research here. And like I say, we're going to have AJ Kazan on here in just a couple minutes here. Uh, Hoss, I know you're keeping an eye out for him to be in the green room. I know he's been talking with some people. Um, really a great uh, a great uh, wrestler, a lot, of, a lot of experience and a lot of great uh, information. Really looking forward to uh, having him here on the program in just a couple of minutes. Um, guys, I'm going to ask you right now, and I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of throw it out here. Uh, I want to take a second here to talk about um, talk about blood and guts and the idea of where I think uh, pretty much blood and guts in the rampage thereafter, two great nights of professional wrestling, Sammy Guevara. Oh, I'm, I was scared to death when Eddie Kingston threw him off the cage. I, I it just, it just scared me to no end. And I mean, again, he was, he, he seems to be okay, and then you had the two ring battle royal as a part of. Uh, you also you also had Santana take kind of an injury during he 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 apparently blew out his knee. So I true. Mean, I mean, again, you're looking at it right now. We now have a number one contender for John Moxley. We've got a lot of other things that have come out of of 
blood and guts. Hoss, I got to ask you here. I know we're going to be talking to AJ Katana here in just a minute. Did you have an opportunity to catch blood and guts? And what are your thoughts? Um, honestly, I did not catch that. Chris? Okay. I, yes, I watched it. It was great. I think I think a superstar was made from a couple of people. Um, to the the former the artist formerly known as 2.0, uh, Matt Menard and oh oh yeah, his name now right. But uh, either way, uh, I think they made their so stars. Eddie Kingston is just freaking hilarious. Uh, Jericho is a wizard. Uh, I mean Claudio Castagnoli, right? So you you kind of got that little bit of rivalry between Claudio and Eddie. Um, I want to go back to Forbidden Door. Did did Claudio bury Zach Saber Jr.? Is that do you would you consider that being buried or just a hot talking <laughs> debut? I gotta tell you right now, I have always been a fan of Claudio Castagnoli. Had an opportunity here in St. Louis many years ago to be in an event with Claudio. And I mean, great in ring competitor. His strength is unreal. And as as Daniel, or sorry, Brian Danielson, I almost I almost said something that would have made the WWE happy. But Brian Danielson said that he had found somebody who could match Zack Sabre Jr. and he didn't disappoint. I think it's one of those where it was a good matchup. Um, I I really think we're going to see a lot more, hopefully, and I, I, I don't look at it this way, hopefully we don't see what AEW has kind of come into, uh, kind of a reputation of having somebody come in, be there for a couple months, and then they kind of get pushed to the side. I mean, you've got your Brian Danielson, you've got your – Adam Cole, who I, I guess what I've heard is dealing with some uh, some nagging injuries, like concussion as well. Uh, Christian Cage is another one where they come in there a couple months and they're kind of pushed off to the side. And I really hope that's not the case with Claudio. Claudio is a phenomenal in-ring wrestler. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can even go back to the days of Sweet and Sour Inc. and, and the Kings of Wrestling back in Ring of Honor, uh, Chikara, uh, Combat Zone Wrestling. Claudio Casagnoli is the complete wrestler. And I got to tell you right now, as it stands, Claudio, by signing with AEW, not only is he all elite, I think the name fits him to a T. And he's, we're going to see a lot from Claudio in the weeks and months to come. So you kind of heard that with Pac winning the title, I just saw that Tony Khan said that the AEW, whatever the Atlantic title is going to be called, uh, is going to be more of an international title because Pac headed, Pac headed back to uh, England, and he's going to defend it on a Rev Pro show. Uh, so, I mean, is Pac underrated in the States? I got to look at it this way, guys. I mean, Pac has always been a great in-ring competitor. And the opportunity for AEW to actually have a championship that's being defended outside of the U.S. is is a unique idea. I mean, you also the, the only coming right now that really kind of stands out to me having something gym, similar to it would be the NJPW Strong Championship that was is defended in New Japan. I think right now, I believe it's uh, Fred Rossier at one point was champion. I'd have to go back and look at what's there. Um, Oh, so Ben Truss is going to take over Chicago and and 
in uh, a couple weeks. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have. I believe we're gonna have Ricky Cruz on next week. So he, he's all about right, Cali. So Chris, I gotta tell you right now, this right here. I mean, again, he's one of the hottest, hottest commodities in St. Louis right now. But when it comes down to it, is he overlooking Adrian Surge? That's my thought. But like I said, right now, as we see here, um, as we see, we're going to have AJ Kazana here in just a minute. Who is Um, in the back room now. He is in the back room. All right. That is awesome. Like I said, hopefully the technology is going to cooperate. I think we're just going to go ahead and keep our fingers crossed. I know Haas is taking care of things here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and move on to our second guest of the evening here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. An individual who really has had a lot of experience in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, when you look at his training, you look at the promotions he's been in, the championships he's held, a man who's really done a lot in the world of professional wrestling, a man who's openly said on social media that he wants to make more of an impact in the Midwest when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. He's heard of all the great promotions here in the Midwest, in, in, in the St. Louis, and the Kansas City, and Chicago, and the Memphis area, all these great promotions. And we're going to have an opportunity here to be joined in just a moment. Harper Ross, you want to go ahead and bring him in? That's fine. Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast, The Legacy, AJ Kazana. AJ, welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast here this evening. And I got to ask you, I, I, I said right now, I don't know if you've noticed the St. Louis heat. How are you handling the, the, the summer months? Oh, man, it's real hot over here in East Tennessee. Uh, I'm just staying inside as much as possible. I told I told Luke earlier I'm not built for this heat. Fat guys are not. Me built neither. <laughs> I Me sweat. Neither. Hoss has probably got Hoss. Hoss knows what's going on. We we don't. We, you know we're not built for this heat. So I tell people I'm built for cold weather months, and I'm I'm looking every day to move up north into into Montana or something to get away from all this heat. <laughs> well, people, I gotta, but well, I gotta throw the question though. Do you want to give up the heat for the snow and the cold? I mean, I feel like I can get a lot warmer, you know, just by putting clothes on. I can only take so much off. I was just saying, that's <laughs> why that's why I was always told is you can always put more clothes on. You can mm-hmm. only take so many clothes off oh, yeah. before you probably get arrested. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, AJ, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I was doing some research into you. Um, I saw your that's resume. Scary. Oh, well, <laughs> I saw your resume, and there's someone that you were trained by that – I honestly think goes really, really under the radar. And he's trained so many people in the Midwest. I mean, not even the Midwest, all over this country. He's got he's got, he's got his handprints all over a whole bunch of people. And that is Dr. Tom Pritchard. Tell me, what has Dr. Tom Pritchard meant to your career? I would probably not be in wrestling if it wasn't for Tom Pritchard. As you know, my dad wrestled, but I – I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your fathers, but I don't listen to my dad very much at all. Uh, we butt heads. We're very similar. But Tom Pritchard is is not – I'm not going to say single-handedly the reason I am where I am this early in the business, but he has impacted my life tremendously. And I'm not going to tell you he's the greatest trainer in the world because he would hate that. Um, he's definitely top two at least. I don't know of another well, person. I, do, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you feel he's underrated in that term, you know? I, do you feel Do you feel like – that people are missing the boat that they didn't get a chance to train. Cause I've known a couple people in the St. Louis area that have trained with Dr. Tom Sadie blaze has been, been part of Tom Pritchard. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, is he, is he, do you feel he's underrated or does he get, I, does, I know, I don't think he's underrated. I think when people see Tom Pritchard's name on your resume or they hear that you're trained by Tom, they know exactly what they're getting. 
Um, what I think is, is that he, a lot of people are missing the boat because they'd rather go train other places, which is fine. There's lots of great training schools out there, but they'd rather go train other places that aren't a little sweat box in Knoxville, Tennessee, that might be down in Atlanta, Georgia with ties to a bigger wrestling company that might be out in uh, Texas with bigger, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's guys that have connections currently within companies that people are like, yeah, I wonder if I can go get that. But they're missing being trained by the best trainer in the world. That's, well, I gotta tell, tell you right now, AJ. I mean, again, we had opportunity to watch a couple of your matches. As a matter of fact, you're representing uh, at the NWA Power oh, have on NWA USA mm-hmm. uh, and NWA Power as well. One of the things you got to look at is the the, the 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 analogy. The proof is in the pudding. If you can look over your shoulders, I mean, you're holding. You got two championship belts behind you. I mean, you got the SPCW Southern Pride Championship. Uh, the other title I'm, I'm not as familiar with. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Well, that one was acquired recently uh, after I went and smacked the taste out of a kid's mouth on a podcast from Morgan County today. Um, <laughs> that video is currently in circulating Facebook land. Uh, this is the Truth and Liberty Championship, a little Morgan County promotion. The guy is runs the MoCo Today thing. and uh, the, the same thing happened with this title. You know, I just took it, and there wasn't any, anybody in the building man enough to stop me. Eventually, I did prove my worth, if you will, uh, <coughs> to earn this the, the title of champion. But um, I don't know. It just looked – I figured it would look really good in my bedroom, and it does. It looks fantastic. So. <laughs> well, I saw – and I'll, I'll jump in here real quick. I saw that uh, on your schedule that you're going to be in the St. Louis area for NWA 74. What does it mean mm-hmm. to you? We, okay, we – were you in for seventy for NWA seventy three, or did you join them just after that? I have had the the opportunity with the National Wrestling Alliance since last December. I've not even been around it six months. I, uh, uh, my first taste of it was Power Trip, the original one, the first one I think last mm-hmm. year in November. I got asked to go back uh, to Atlanta to help out with some ring crew stuff. Um, and it was just, I was just biting the bullet, biding my time, you know, until I got the opportunity to step in the ring because I knew, I know, I know, like, I'm going to toot my own horn again, you know, a little Arne Anderson toot, toot. I'm pretty good at what I do sometimes. Um, and I just needed an opportunity to be in front of those guys to show them that I can be the guy that you build your company on. Uh, but, no, I wasn't a part of 73. I honestly didn't really follow NWA all that much. I did a little bit. Um, you know, they kind of were coming out of obscurity if that makes right. any sense, when Corgan bought him a few years ago, when Mr. Mr. Corgan, excuse me, that's my boss. Um, he, uh, but he, he bought it, and it's, but it's skyrocketed. I watch as much as of, of it as possible because it is, in my opinion, the best product as a whole in professional wrestling right now. I, I, I know Luke's going to probably laugh at me for this, but I'm going to warn you: coming to St. Louis, if two, if 2D Lynn is on that show, she's going to get the big, she's going to get the biggest response of the night. Oh, no doesn't matter. And and she's a and she's a great wrestler too. She is she's awesome. Her and Kylie Ray have a good team going together in NWA. And so I mean, I, I mean, I'm the sure. world heavyweight champion Trevor's going to be there. You know, Trevor he, Trevor gets he a he good is, response here. Two-time NWA World Champion. Shout out Trevor Murdoch. Two-time. So yeah. I, got, I got to throw this out here though, AJ. I mean, again, you've got a great background of training. I mean, looking back at the information, Dr. Tom Pritchard, you've also had some dealings with the Pritchard's Jacobs Academy. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight as to, uh, again, I know you've been around professional wrestling for a while. Um, what would you tell someone about the Jacobs uh, Pritchard Academy? 
you were going to do like almost like an advertisement for why do you need to be there? It's you never know who's going to stop by. That's the thing. Is like my class, we had Bruce Pritchard stop by. We had a couple other people stop by. Um, but you get one, you get to be in the ring with Tom Pritchard. That's kind of cool in itself. Tom Pritchard is again the greatest trainer in the world. Uh, Glenn, uh, Mr. Jacobs is always around Mary Jacobs when he's not dealing with political dealings in Knox County. Um, but you've got guys like Seamus. I know it's been there. FTR has been through there. Uh, Natalia, Bailey, Sasha, like these stars that always come back when they're near Knoxville or traveling through Knoxville, they will stop in. They'll call Tom. I know 10 guys in the NWA right now that if Tom Pritchard would say, Hey, if you just, if you're in town, you want to stop by, or if they're in town, they'll call him to go by. Like he, he impacts people's lives so much. You really never know who's going to be there. Um, not only is it a great training program that will get you ready for this business, it's the, the ability to make a network, uh, a huge network and make connections with people within established wrestling companies is, is there. And I think that's one thing that allows JPWA to, to thrive. And then the family environment, man, it's all one big family. Like when I, I travel with guys that I don't even know, uh, but that I know are JPWA guys that, we just we just happen to go to the same school. We met once or twice, and we'll hop in a car together and get going. Well, one one of the things you guys talked about too, and I mean, that's one of the things I learned being around pro wrestling as long as I have been. If you want to get your name out there, if you want to be in the ring, you want to make yourself go to the next level and the next level. It's not uncommon to jump in a car with three, four, five guys and travel hours. Mm-hmm. There's some of the best road trip stories. I, that's I, a, I, I that's a one. That's that's a lost art in this business right now because people don't want to jump. People do not want to jump in car. I mean, even if you're not on a show network, you know, I mean, I've never, Luke's probably been in cars where he hasn't been on shows, but you know, things happen at wrestling shows. Someone doesn't show up. Someone blows out a knee or something, you know, Luke might have been on a show. You know, how, how many times have you gone to a show in a car and been put on a show? I mean, probably. I mean, at least, at least 10 times. Like, and I've, I don't. I normally stay pretty booked. Like my schedule, the rest of this year is kind of open right now because I haven't haven't really pressed forward and trying to get places because I'm trying to get all my licensing stuff squared away um, for all these other states that need license. But dude, I've been in North Carolina, especially at AML. Like I show up, AML shows. I've been on the AML show three times where I've just shown up with uh, Gustavo and just we're there. Like he's like and Brian and Tracy are like, hey, we need a spot filled. You got your gear, and it's like, of course I've got my gear. I'm a you, professional. You always say, Luke, how many times have you always said, take your gear to a always, show? You, even if, your gear with I, I'm you. just, I'm just a ring announcer, but back when I was a referee, I would always have my ref gear in the. And Luke, I know if we ever go to a show, just visiting, I, Luke has a Luke has his uh, ring announcer gear, and I believe mm-hmm. at times he's had his referee gear because mm-hmm. that's what they always say is carry, if, especially just if you're a worker, carry a ref shirt, carry a hood carry some gimmicks like like i've got a i've got four or five different gimmicks that i can use if we need a need a, a finish that's you know a little screwy like, mass, 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 should every wrestler have a mask gimmick that they use that you know introduce yourself into the territory i say territory because i'm an old guy but sure. but, but i, I but, want a mask gimmick but i have i've got this beautiful face it's hard to cover um, but I do have ideas for a mask gimmick eventually, but 
Again, like I'm a big guy. I've got tattoos. They're very. You just have to. You have to hide. You have to hide. You have to hide the. You have to hide. I have to wear my all black underarmers. You know what I mean. I have to wear the compression shirt, the long pants. And it would just. I would have to wear everything different. But yeah, I can, I've got a hood that I like to wear. That if I need to wear it, I can wear it and go do go do a job or go just wrestle. If you need an extra wrestler. Yeah, well, right. well, give me an idea. I mean, again, not just from the idea of from of being a professional wrestler. I mean, again, I haven't wrestled what Chris seven or eight years. Have you sit there and look at some of the things? Well, someone, someone, someone say, someone say, like someone say, more than fifteen years since you've had a really good match. So, oh, that's true. But you have masks from Mexico. You have masks from from different promotions down. Uh, went to West Virginia and had an opportunity to acquire mm-hmm. things like that. But I mean, again, when it comes down to it, you always have to be prepared. Now, I'm going to throw this one out here at you, AJ. Going back and doing my research, not only did you have a very well-rounded training in the world of professional wrestling, but you also had a lot of background experience outside of the wrestling world in the world of athletics. Can you share with the viewers a little bit about your your background history before getting into the world of professional wrestling? Well, I played football for almost 20 years. If that's, if I'm not crazy enough to get into pro wrestling, I was also destroying my body before it. Um, nice. Played, played football, walked on at the University of Tennessee, had a really good opportunity there, suffered up an injury and decided, you know what, maybe this just, maybe it's time to just hang up the cleats and go pursue something else. Uh, got into amateur wrestling at that point. Uh, not at the college level. I got into it with, uh, with a couple of guys that I coached football with. And they just needed a throwing dummy for their head, like their heavyweight. I'm like, huh, well, I'm a big guy. I can get thrown around. And uh, started doing that, fell in love with it, started really taking it seriously and training and everything. Uh, got about, I mean, it's been 10 years, almost 10, 11 years of that. I still shoot around every once in a while when I go over over to CAK. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy mixed martial arts. I enjoy just yoga. I mean, like I do a lot of different athletic things and then i like to push a little weight on the side so um well, i like to imagine i'm well versatile in the uh, in the world of athletics and aj I, I would agree with you i mean again having that amateur background i mean when i was younger i had an opportunity to be amateur wrestling and judo and the, again it's one of those things a lot of people want to go out there and they they want to be particular one style and if you can go out there and learn things like amateur wrestling or uh, right. different types of martial arts, you're going to have so many different styles. I mean, when, when you come down here and you look at your resume, I mean, again, you've got places like WLW, uh, AML, OVW, the National Wrestling Alliance. I mean, you've got countless promotion that you've been a part of. And, and again, it all shows your versatility inside the ring and your dedication to the sport. Now, I've got to ask you, one of the promotions we talked about here um, was um, – was SPCW, the championship that you got over your shoulder. Can you tell us a little bit about SPCW and um, how your reign kind of came into being? Well, uh, you want me to – you want the, the shooting side or the, the working side, pal? Whatever, whatever works. It's, both, it's basically the same. Um, when I broke into the business, uh, I had a tag team partner. We tagged a little bit. He got hurt. I started doing single stuff. Uh, Matt and Johnny over at SPCW, it's a, it's a, it's not a massive promotion. They do put about 120 butts in the seats, which is a sellout in their, in their building. They, they pack the place out. They put on good, like Southern wrestling, you know, and, and those guys, they, uh, it's in La Follette, Tennessee, which is right outside Rocky Top, Tennessee. 
which is about an hour and a half north, or about an hour north which, of Knoxville. Which sounds like a town of probably a thousand people. If, if yeah, that. I mean, there's there's smaller towns, but uh, that's where that's where wrestling thrives, I think. Or uh, those small, t- those are the people that are true fans that aren't. Uh, I'm probably going to catch heat for saying this, but aren't indie, indie uh, internet marks. You know what I mean? Like the small, like the smarks. So they get on here and talk about the, the de- never. I'm not going to get into it right now. That's <laughs> way. That's why I don't want to get canceled from the wrestling scene this early in my career. Um, but yeah, you gotta keep it, gotta keep it on the level here. But I respect it. all wrestling. I do. I, but I know there's some stuff I won't do, and I make fun of those people that do it because I know I'm too much of a coward to do it, and they know that. Um, but now the uh, SPCW is great, man. It's a great little family environment. Um, I won this title well. I, I won this title at caged i think it was called caged aggression it's a thanksgiving show they do every year on thanksgiving night every match is in a steel cage and i was in a gauntlet match with four other dudes for the vacant title um that uh you know i just i didn't win the match but somehow walked out with the title so you uh uh We'll let that imagination play there. Hmm. Let you, what, what, you let what's you... the phrase? Possessions nine-tenths of the law? Well, I, again, I am the biggest man in SBCW, so uh, I I take what I want. And I was like, yeah, no, I want this. I'm going to take it. And, and I've had it ever since. Now, I did so, go back and win it and all that stuff, but uh, uh, I, I guess I wrestled a couple guys that were in the match that thought they deserved to really be the true champion and whatever, so – it, it all came back. Feel, 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 feel sorry for them, don't you? Oh, um, a little bit. So, in a, just a couple of weeks, July sixteenth in Greensboro, North Carolina, you're going to be part of wrestling. Let wrestling live or wrestling mm-hmm. live. I don't know which one it is. Uh, AJ live. Kazan, live. Wrestling live, yes sir. Let wrestling live. AJ Kazan is going to take on Omar Amir. What do you? What can you tell us about that match? Omar Amir was. Technically, my first match when I got into training, I was only about a month and a half into training. Now, I'd been doing it a little bit before. You guys, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not even two years into the business. I graduated really? JPWA August 2020. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been I've been around it my entire life, but I'm still barely in the business. Um, but with that being said, you can see I, I, I don't like to wait on anything, so I like being, being that guy of exponential growth, if you will. Um, but Omar was my first. I was in a triple threat match with him at a show here in Knoxville. Uh, mad respect for Omar. Um, Omar's done a lot. He had a tricep injury, I believe, at one point where he had to vacate his title at OVW. Uh, and all, and you know, all that good stuff. He's now their champion. I think he's the OVW heavyweight champion again for now. Uh, I don't know what what's going on at OVW, but there's a lot of shenanigans afoot there. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of, I, I saw a video of him get laid out by the dark clouds. So that's always fun. Um, but I'm excited for that match. Uh, mostly just to show him how much bigger and better I am than he is now. So. Uh, and I'm going to throw it up to Haas because I believe Haas has seen you wrestle before up in the, uh, I believe. I was- I would like to apologize. <laughs> uh, I believe it was, it was up in the West Virginia type area. I mean, I'll, I'll let Haas take the Haas, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've actually followed his uh, career for a little bit now. Um, I first learned of him when he was East Tennessee champion at School of Morton. 
And then uh, he came down to WDWA and wrestled a couple matches there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually got to see him wrestle at WDWA. So uh, I, I have learned a few things, though, throughout this uh, research and everything. And we do have a couple questions from a viewer as well. Um, he was wondering if you could talk about Joe Cazano wrestling against El Gente and WCW. El Gente. I don't. I've seen the match like once. It was like three minutes long. Uh, but no, I, I White Mike out of North Carolina loves that match, and I think he only <laughs> loves me because of that match. He's made that known. He said, "Dude, why didn't you tell me your dad wrestled El Gigante?" I was like, "I didn't know it was relevant to the conversation." Uh, I mean, El Gigante wasn't really even that great of a. I mean, he was a seven foot five guy. I mean, it's hard to be that big and. And, and under control of everything going on around you. And uh, but not as far as I know, like I've, the match that I watched was, I mean, it was a good little match. It was a get over match for Elegante. And, you know, my dad went out and made him look like a million bucks. He got, pay, he, got pay, he got paid. He got paid at the end of the night. So it's all. Didn't me all, pay me, baby. Didn't me pay me. All right. Or, or, or he got a hot dog and a handshake, depending on what, what, what. I mean. uh, I've, I've heard WCW used to pay pretty well. Back I, in I, the believe, day. I believe it. Get your car, get your hotel, give you give you some money at the end of the night, and and that's the life that Joe Kazana got to live. And he wants to tell me that I've got it easy, where I have to drive my own car, get my own hotel, don't get paid near where he gets paid. I don't know if you you've know this. Guys. Wrestling was huge. You've probably been paid huge. a hot dog and a handshake before. I mean, oh, usually on on a voluntary basis, I'll tell if it's for uh, like we did a benefit show for Axe and Ray. Um, I said, dude, like, hey, dude, just, I enjoyed it. I got to wrestle twice. It was a fun wrestling environment. And I'm like, you know, man, you can buy me dinner one day and we'll call it even. And he's like, right. that sounds good to me. Right, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hoss. I apologize. Uh, um, and then one thing I came across was uh, Joe Kazana Promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see you've been wrestling there. And um, so obviously that. That's in your namesake. So could you tell us a little bit about Joe Kazana promotion? Dad has been running JCP for going on, what is it, 2022? About seven years now, six or seven years. Um, started off as just doing benefits. My little brother was in high school at the time. The football team wanted to raise a little money. My dad had an idea. Hey, we can do this spring fling. Uh, and I think we were doing it in April, like playing off of Mania. Um, and... We just started off. The first one was a huge hit. I mean, we put eight, 900 people in that gym. Uh, we had the Rock and Roll Express, the Heat Seekers. Jim Cornette was there. Uh, and it's just all uh, came. It's, uh, it's come from that. That's uh, He kept doing some benefit shows here and there. Uh, people will call him and ask him to do them. Like the Back in Black show in Coalfield um, is the brainchild of one of their own uh, that wanted to partner with Dad to put on wrestling in Coalfield. Uh, and we just recently started this year um, trying to do some TV tapings. And I'm, I say trying, it's we've successfully done some really good TV tapings. We've got the old school kind of kind of vibe to it where we've got old school wrestling with new school talent, if that makes sense. 
Like we've got guys that can get in there and do a lot of new school stuff, but also know how to take it and make it old school. Kind of like, kind, kind, kind of like the NWA is doing kind of. Kind of. I won't. Yeah. I won't compare it because right. I'm very biased of JCP, but um, we are, we are taking, you know, vignettes here and there. We've got promos, we've got drop-ins, all this different stuff. And uh, live promos is a huge thing that we're letting people, you know, you win a match, go cut a promo. That's, that's kind of the thing that, that in old, old, old school NWA does. NWA does it now. Um, we've got 16 or 18 episodes in the bank. We've got uh, just waiting waiting to figure out where we can put this. Uh, IWTV, Pro Wrestling TV, there's a local station here in Knoxville that's really interested in it. Um, but we've got, we've got the greatest collection. I believe it's the great, some of the greatest collection of talent in, uh, in the area. Our, our real goal is to be able to bring guys from like West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and to bring guys from Missouri, Texas, and have them like culminate here in, in Tennessee where you can get these multiple styles of, of you know, uh, try like Derek Neal's out, out of St. Louis, Missouri, I'm pretty sure. It could be the, real, the real wrong. deal, the real deal, Derek Neal. Um, those guys are bringing guys from North Carolina and letting them meet probably for the first time. Um which is huge. One, it's great for networking for these guys. Good. It's two. It's good for TV. Three, it gives everybody an opportunity to grow not only our business um, as a business or as a family, but also the, each individual wrestler gets to grow and, and learn. Hopefully, learn a little something new and have a little fun while they're doing. I was gonna say, me and Luke could probably give you what uh, twenty guys from the St. Louis area that probably deserves yeah. to be more over in the St. More over in the country. We've, um, we've got a few from St. Louis that that are here uh, that come in. I know Grand Bell is from Missouri. Comes down a few times. The mercenary Grand Bell. Yes, my old Merc man. The old Merc. Carload. We're gonna try to get a load of. I came out uh, wrestled at ICWF, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in Republic, Missouri. Yep. And uh, got to wrestle Camaro Jackson. He tried to pop my head off in a headlock, but we got to where we were supposed to go. So that's all it matters. His 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 quads are probably about the size of your He's massive. And he's and he's also he's one, he's an awesome wrestler, and two, he's a great he's just a great human being too. So but we've got like what, what do we got? We got like see we got oh, like I was I'm, I'm looking at the guys and again if you look at the St. Louis area, you're looking at guys like Ricky Cruz, you're looking at guys like the Butcher Damian Blade, you're looking at CJ CJ Shine. CJ Shine. Uh, you could look at wrestlers like uh Gary J. You can look at wrestlers like um oh countless countless big, big fan of techn I think I think their tag name is Technical Difficulties. Technical difficulties, Moses and Raheem. Moses and Raheem. Mm-hmm. We we brought them up earlier because we were having technical difficulty getting on the air tonight. So, but and they're and they're I'd great like wrestlers. I'd like to bring Leland Rice down eventually. I've talked to Leland because we both uh, kind of share the legacy. Moniker. The yeah. legacy. So that's, he's uh, the he's the legacy at WLW, and you're the legacy around of, every, with, of everything else. Just of, every, <laughs> of, of everything else. <laughs> I mean, no, I, but, I mean. St. Louis area, we love to bring you into St. Louis sometime too. Maybe uh, as, I mean, I know it's a little bit difficult with the Missouri licensing situation. So. Oh, baby, I'm licensed. I'm good to go. I'm ready for '74, baby. Uh, that's true. I that's forgot true. about wow. Luke. I forgot about that. He's ready for. He's ready. For, he's ready for '74. So, uh, I mean, it's just there's so there are so many wrestlers in the St. Louis area that deserve to be around the country, mm-hmm. and it just. It, it's it's a it's a shame that like 
people like think that oh they're just Midwest guys. Oh, they're West Coast guys. They're East Coast guys. Why can't we just be wrestling guys? I mean, why? I mean, I think why, everybody what? gets like caught up in their own niche that they're afraid to branch out and they're afraid to go see what else is out there. Like like um, Yuma, Captain Yuma from the NWA. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Yuma or Gags the Gimp or whoever, um, but he he's one of those guys. He literally gave me an idea and uh, for trying to f- figure out a new finish or, or for, for my spine buster, how to tweak my spine buster to make it look more destructive. And and he was the one that gave me he gave me this idea. I'm like, huh, okay. And I used it. He saw the video of me using. It. He's like, hey, I appreciate it because he's just one of those West Coast guys. He literally told me that. He said, thank you for you know a lot of. I guess I'm considered a Memphis wrestler guy, you know, a Southeast wrestler, um, which, 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 which puts you into the old school category where you don't want to do what you, you don't want to do anything like indie riff, indie riff. I, is- I won't do flips. I'll be honest with you. I won't do flips probably because I can't do them. I think <laughs> I could if I tried, but I know, I know of some guys that have hurt themselves doing flips and put themselves about eight or nine months out of the game. Right, and are just now starting to get back into where they needed to be. You, um, you know, you know the limits of your body. You know that your body's not going to flip over the top rope like you right. want it to do. I mean, you would probably do it maybe once. Jer- I don't know if you know Jeremy Wyatt from the St. Louis, from the Kansas City area. He he says he does four dives a year, and that's it. Yeah, and that's he pulls he, four he pulls more than me. <laughs> he pulls them out on a special occasion. Uh, I mean, I think you, I honestly, I think you would fit into the St. Louis area just as much as you fit into every other area well, that you're there wrestling. I, I think we are all kind of above of the same page. Like when you do these moves so much, it deadens the effect of them. It lessens right. the effect. So if I'm if I if I were to ever do a dive, it would be a huge moment because how many times have you seen AJ Gazana do a dive? Literally never, because like, it's just like it's it. just like they put a they put it like a you have to lay out. I mean, I understand laying out a match, but a destroyer shouldn't be in the first five minutes of a match because, I mean, I feel that should be a finish. I Luke probably thinks the same way. Destroyers like, like super, super kicks have been overdone so much in the past. Canadian destroyers. Hey, dive. the young the young bucks the young bucks will yell at you for the mm-hmm. super kick party. So. That, that's fine. I loved the super kick party before I got trained by Tom Pritchard. Tom Pritchard ruined wrestling for me. So <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "What?" And he said, "What part of this makes sense, AJ?" I'm like, "I don't know, Doc. It's just fun." He said, "Well, that's that's a fair response, but well, part of it makes sense." So, so, so you get mad at, you get mad at the people slapping their legs whenever they whenever they do the super kick party. So if it's if it's obnoxiously. Um, apparent that they're slapping their legs. Like I've seen people do things and you see their arms. I, I saw a guy do like, a, I guess like a rocket drop kick. And there's a picture of him with his arms out looking like he's flying, but that's because he goes out to slap his legs on the drop kick. Like it, it I don't hate it. I mean, do what you got to do. I don't, I just know that I'm going to hit you hard enough in a safe enough spot to make that noise myself where I don't have to slap my leg. Well, AJ, yeah, I'm going to throw this out here. You're, you're talking about how, um, like I said, really I'm paying hard. the business right now. I'm about to get canceled. No, Everybody's <laughs> going to come to the show. No, no, no. Let, 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 let's shift here. Talk <laughs> about wrestling now versus wrestling back in the day. The, my, my question here is this. You talk about, well, honestly, kind of like the territory days of, of, of years gone by. If you had the opportunity to wrestle against anybody, 
past or present, who would it be and why? Mm, there's a there's a list about this long that I can tell you. Um, geez, man, like like the first first name that comes to mind is of course guys like Harley Race. Like I would love to work hard. I would have just loved to meet Harley and shake his hand and tell him thank you, just for like being a bigger guy who has a slower work rate, but like that inspired guys like me to be able to get in the business. Um, but I mean, I mean to be the man. You have to beat the man. You know, Ric Flair is still kicking right now. And I'm pushing hard for that match on Twitter at Starcast <laughs> at his last event. Believe you me, AJ Kazana versus Ric Flair in Nashville, Tennessee would only make everybody's night way better. But so, ah. so, so you said that you wanted like the the legacy Leland Race versus the legacy AJ Kazana. How would that match end up? Well, I'd, I'd kick his teeth down his throat. That's how that match ended up. <laughs> well, you I just know, shot sheer brute size and strength with a little bit of wrestling knowledge. I think it just beats, you know, everything. I know Leland's got a lot of knowledge about wrestling, but he's just not me. He's not this big. He's not this good looking. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, AJ, we're going back here real quick, talking, and you probably can see here in the, in the Luke Roberts office. I have a picture back here back when I was younger in my career. Um, had an opportunity to be on an event with Harley Race, and I was Chris remembers the night because he was there. Uh, I was supposed to be in a, a tag team street fight, and I was pacing the locker room. I mean, I probably burnt a hole in the bottom of the soles of my wrestling boots. I'd taken that many paces. I think, and Harley came up and he was like, "What's wrong, kid?" I'm like, I'm scared to death about this match. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> "You're gonna hurt tomorrow, but it's something you signed for. You got to do it." And I went out yeah, what's, there. What's and, wrong, kid? Yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> that, that man's hands. I mean, when he when he shook my hand, I thought he could crush my hand just by handshaking. Oh, no I, could just, I could just picture him coming up. What's wrong, kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, no doubt. when you're when when you're 18, 19 years old, and you got somebody with the legacy of a Harley race talking to you. I mean, you sit there and you're. I mean, I was just like, I remember back to when I was younger and watching back with my parents, watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and watching All-American Wrestling and watching stuff from the AWA. And again, I could very much see that match. Another one that I really think from, from what I've seen of you that I think would definitely be an interesting match with Deneen, you and Nick Bockwinkel. Me and Nick Bockwinkel have had a lot of fun together, for sure. It's been a great match. Uh, I've not, I've watched a few of his matches, but I've not watched as much as I'd like to get so... Um, but him, Dick, Dick Murdoch, I think would be a fun one to be in the ring with. Of course, I could probably get in the ring with Trevor Murdoch at some point. Um, so that's kind of a close second, right? I mean, that's true. Very similar he's, style. He's still going to push your teeth in, so. He's still going to give me a big, big right hand to the jaw, and I'm probably going to lose a couple teeth, right? Um, one guy, no, I, and I always, I think a lot of people overlook this guy, um, George South. Yeah, I would love, and I've been very blessed to be in the North Carolina region so much that I've gotten gotten to be around George a ton. Him and my dad are pretty good friends. Uh, you know, I've been around him, and, and Ricky Morton is another guy that I've, I've also been in the ring with and worked a singles wrestling match, tag wrestling match. But George South's one of those that's like that's on my my list of things to do before he retires. That that's very. That's very plausible. It's very, very li- like likely to happen. 
And that's one of the things you can look at too, AJ. I mean, there's been a lot of people are saying that this is the the end of the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, they had a storied career. I remember when I was in the mid-80s watching them wrestling like the Road Warriors, wrestling the Koloff, uh, Koloff Khrushchev, wrestling the Horsemen. And then they were at the top of their game. But the scary thing is Ricky and Robert are still, might be a little slower, but they're still just as solid in the ring. And that's one of the things that just amazes me. How that was the easiest match I've been in in a long time. And he said, trust me, kid, we're going to go out here and tear it down. I was like, yes, sir. And I know I've, I've watched enough Rock and Roll Express tag team matches because I'm a big fan of the Midnight Express, big fan of the Brain Busters, big fan of a lot of these older, old school heel tag teams. And, and, uh, and I know I, I think I know Ricky Morton a little better than most people think I do um, as far as like what he likes to do and how he likes to do it. And I just I just listen to him and he's, yes, sir, whatever you say, I got you. So he's. <coughs> Well, like I said, right now we have the legacy AJ Kazana here on the program. Now, AJ, I don't know. I mean, you've got a pretty good a pretty good uh, knowledge base from from Hardcore Hoss, and we've had a, a real great time talking with you. Um, one thing we wanted to ask you, and again, we're not going to get you fired. Um, I hope every, not. You know, I say as part of the Wrestle Talk podcast, about this time every week, we have what's called the world famous Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge. Oh, An opportunity for you to Test your wrestling trivia knowledge against one of our own. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret here. Miss Mr. Um, Big Sexy Chris Rodell, as the as of the course of the interview's gone on, he feels that he wants to match up with you. He wants to see if he can if he can defeat the legacy here tonight. Do you think that you would be up to the challenge this evening? You know, I'll I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> Okay, Chris, you 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 said trivia is not my strong suit. Can I just can I just say something? I'll be honest with you. The hosts of the WrestleTalk podcast do not fare very well in this challenge. So and and I will I will share this though. Usually, as soon as the the uh, contestant hears the challenge category, they're like, "Okay, I can get it." So hardcore Hoss, again, we're hoping the technology gremlins are all good to go. We're going to go ahead and get things rolling tonight on tonight's episode of the oh boy. Russell Talk Podcast. Yeah, we have a lead in for this. Hardcore Hoss, let's hope that the technology works with that game show introduction. Welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contestants are the legacy AJ Kazana and the WrestleTalk Podcast's own big sexy Chris Rodell. In a few moments, gentlemen, tonight's contest will be the best two out of three falls. In a few moments, I will give you questions about a particular wrestling topic. When you think you know the answer, you go ahead and shout out your answer. Hardcore Hoss will be our judge this evening. As a reminder, best two out of three falls, just like in a traditional wrestling match. Tonight's Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is longest reigning NWA WCW television champions. Oh God. Can we all get three of these individuals well, have been recognized can, can, as long reigning NWA or WCW television champions? My God, can we get any more granular? Gee, 
Christmas. Well, trust right. me, I think when you hear the three to- the three questions, you're going to get them relatively quick. AJ, are you ready for question number one? I think I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Chris, are you ready? Oh, sure. Why not? Let me just get embarrassed tonight. So. Okay. Paul, are you ready to go, sir? Okay. Here we go with question number one this evening. This WWE Hall of Famer had the second and sixth longest reign as NWA television champion. He's a member of the Four Horsemen. It's Arn Anderson. Incorrect. A member of the Brain Busters. Totally Blanchard. I think uh, Hardcore Boss Chris was correct. It You're was Tully Blanchard. <laughs> You're welcome. He did. He did. Uh, a little bit. AJ kind of You're narrowed welcome. that narrowed that one down. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. No, no, if, I, if I get it wrong the first time, am I allowed to yell the other name? Yes. I knew yes. Mm-hmm. Oh hell! If I'd have known that, I'd have won. That, that, that's it's that's good. okay. It's you still got we'll give him a lead. It's okay. Yeah, you still got balls two and three to go. <laughs> gentlemen, are you ready for question number two? Absolutely. Okay, question number two. This WWE Hall of Famer had the fifth longest reign as NWA WCW World Television Champion. He was also an NWA WCW Tag Champion and U.S. Heavyweight Champion before moving on to ECW and legendary status as the face of the Attitude Era. Name him. Stone Cold? Stone Cold Steve Austin is Holy correct. hell. I didn't even know that one. That's awesome. <laughs> one to one. Gentlemen, it's down to that. My brain, my, my brain stopped working for a second there. I, I, I blanked for a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, AJ, are you ready for the third and deciding fall? Oh, yeah. Chris, are you ready for the third and deciding fall? Sure, let's do this. All right, Hardcore Hosh, you got to make sure that you're paying attention to this one. I think this one's going to be relatively quickly answered. This professional wrestler had the fourth longest reign as NWA television champion. It was his only singles championship in the NWA. He went on to hold the WWF Tag Team Championships on five occasions with Barry Windham as the U.S. Express and with Ted DiBiase as Money, Inc. Mike Rotundo. Mike Rotundo is correct. And by a score of two falls to one, uh, Big Sexy Chris Rodell is the winner. And and, and I'm going to warn you, AJ. He does get to have his victory music. He does get a little bit upset to hear his music. So, Hardcore Hoss, you be so kind. Could you go ahead and get Chris's Time I the only time I ever beat you in anything wrestling related because if I was in the ring with you, I would probably 
puke. So, uh, uh, <laughs> well, Chris, we have, why is it we always come back? You talked earlier about uh, Otis throwing up in the ring on, on Monday Night Raw last night. Now you bring it all back to puke. What's so, so all right. Well, look, just be quiet for me. AJ, I want to appreciate you for coming on to the show. Um, I saw your information on Mid- Missouri Wrestling Revival, and I was like, I think this would be a great podcast guest. So I'm happy that we were able to reach out to you and take care of you. Uh, I want you to shout out some of your uh, your social media information, your Twitters, your Facebooks, where we can find you, what you're taking care of, anything you want to throw out right now. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, uh, AJ Kazana on Twitter, AJ Kaz1 on Instagram, um, facebook.com slash the rookie of the century on Facebook, or you just search AJ Kazana, you'll find me. Uh, that's, I, that's all the socials. Like, I guess TikTok, I think I'm AJ Kazana on TikTok. Uh, that's about it. Honestly, I don't have much more other than and we're that. Gonna see you, we're going to see you in St. Louis for NWA 74. Uh I'm, 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 that's my birth. That's my birthday weekend. So I'm hoping to get down there. Uh, so Chris, that means you want to match with AJ? No, 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 no. I, I want to go to a. I want to go to NWA 74 because I didn't get a chance to go to 73, which was also my birthday weekend because Luca's a jerk and didn't buy me tickets. So uh, oh, blame it on me. <laughs> And Should also, be a good time, boys. And, and also, can we promise? Can we promise you that you will? You are now part of the Russell Talk Podcast family, and you will come back on the show at some point, and we'll I talk more. We'll talk will. more about your career because we actually had an absolutely blast talking wrestling and everything. Uh, thanks for Hoss for setting this up. So we want to see you back on. We want to see you back on the Russell Talk Podcast. Anytime, fellas. Anytime. All right, that is the legacy AJ Kazana, and we look forward to seeing him again on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thanks, AJ. Watch your NWA Power tonight or Friday Fairly Play, boys. I'm on it. So uh, thank you guys for having you, me. YouTube, you. YouTube.com. If I'm, I'm not on NWA on YouTube, right? It'll be YouTube on Friday, yes, sir. Oh, uh, we will. I'll, I'll be watching. Good deal. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, AJ. Thank you, See AJ. You Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Kazama, the legacy, and we have Muckety Muck on the program tonight. You know what? After we got the te- the technology gremlins all taken care of, it was a really great show, guys. I mean, Hardcore Hoss, I know you've been working pretty much all night long to get things taken care of. Um, your thoughts about tonight's show? Oh, they, from what I saw, there were two great guests. You know, unfortunately, the first hour I was kind of busy trying to get things worked out. But, uh, you know, I did get to catch some of it and two wonderful guests uh, and I had loved to learn more about our guests when we have them, you know, and uh, so it was great to learn more about AJ and great to learn more about Muckety Muck as well. And uh, definitely, you know, I'm going to make sure that I have uh, all the social medias followed and everything. And uh, hopefully the fans will do the same. And I think next week we're going to, we're going to, we're going to follow up with episode 402. I believe we're going to, we're going to have, I know we're going to have the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz in the second hour of next week's show. You're muted Luke. So you're not talking. Best he's ever sounded. (laughs) You're still (laughs) muted. It was all, it was all Haas's fault. Right, because Haas is, Haas is controlling your computer. We've got the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz. We're going to talk about his uh, newfound love of the Brotherhood, and we're going to talk about Dynamo Pro Red, White, Wet. Bleh, I can't talk Red, White, and Brawl on the fifteenth, 
And we're also going to have, I, I have the opportunity, we're going to have a, a special guest from SICW as well on the program this next Tuesday. I uh, want to kind of leave that out there. Make sure you keep uh, following us on social media on that. Now, Hoss, I'm not going to 50. Before we let everybody go here tonight, and anyway, we want to say thank you to all our viewers who've been watching the show and taking care of things. we got to get those sponsors out there. I think we covered everybody at the beginning of the show, but we got to make sure that we cover everybody here. So if you can go ahead, hopefully we can get the ticker working tonight. seems like as the show has gone on, the technology gremlins have started to go away. Hopefully it works. Here we go. Royal Mills Transportation. You need any transportation in the KC area, check out Royal Mills Transportation. Rathbun and Grady, home of the Russell Talk Podcast mug, as well as those tumblers. For more information, check out with any of the Russell Talk <coughs> Podcast hosts. Nobleman, uh, Nobleman's Barber Lounge, KC uh, Mo. Ask for Pete the Barber, King Kade Arcade. Everything Combat, Jay Hollywood's been checking in all night. Pat Militich as well. Meet the KC Party Rentals, Interstate 70 Sports Media. Make it a point to check them out. They've got a lot of great information about sports all across the greater Missouri area. And the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. I can tell you right now, guys, next week we're going to have all these technology things taken care of. We're going to have more with the FWWC. We're going to have more with Big Daddy P. Hopefully we're going to be able to have the Night Owl back. I know he was taking care of some issues here this evening. But again, it's one of those. We had a great show here tonight. For more information, check out WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Check us out on social media as well. Guys, I got to tell you right now, there's a lot of big stuff coming on in the world of pro wrestling. We're on the way to SummerSlam. SummerSlam's already starting to shape up to be a pretty solid event. And again, for more information about WrestleTalk or WrestleTalk Podcast, make it a point. Follow us on social media. Make sure to check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And of course... Make sure to let all your friends know each and every Tuesday night from 7 or 9 right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. You can catch us here on Facebook, on YouTube. You can also catch us on Blog Talk Radio for past episodes as well. Gentlemen, it's been a great show. 401 is in the books. Next week, episode 402 right here. Also, as a reminder, check out the FWWC tonight on Thursday at 7.30. Make it a point to check them out as well. They're going to have a lot of great Isn't it 8.30 our time? It's 8.30 Central Time, right? Uh, I believe it's 730. 7.30 Central. 7.30 Eastern. Gotcha. Make it a point to check them out here. So at this point, I think we've got everything taken care of here. Ladies and gentlemen, for Hardcore Hoss and Big Sexy Chris Rodell, this is Luke Roberts. I want to say thank you for tuning in this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Have a great evening, and we'll see you next week. All right, have a good one. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.